As Justin said a few minutes ago, it's the advent. So when God became man and dwelt among us, it's when the light of the universe was lit, salvation was bought. He called us to be the light of the world, said that a city that was set up on a hill could not be hidden. As you look around the room, one little light won't do it, but all of our lights will. Now blow your candles out. You see what happens when we blow our light out? It gets dark. You can go ahead and have a seat. See, we are called to point the light. We are called to do our good works before men that they would see our good deeds and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. As soon as that dries, not yet, but as soon as that dries, you can put it in the, the card holder, holding the communication cards in front of you. Hadn't been good already to be in the house of God. What incredible worship. Wow. Merry Christmas. Welcome to all of our campuses. We love you, God Behind Bars men. We love you guys so much. We're thrilled uh, that you guys are with us. But what I want us to, one of the things I want us to see this weekend is that when we don't shine the light, the world remains in darkness. And Jesus came to bring the light. And then he called you and I to be the light. And I believe it breaks, crushes the heart of God when the men and the women, when, when those of us who name the name of Jesus, which are called to be the light, douse our light. That's one of just hundreds of reasons why God has called you and I to grow and to glow for God, to grow personally and then to let the light shine, be walking billboards. And so we do a lot of things around here to help you walk in your full potential. One of those is we write a book for you every year. We will literally begin this next month for 2020. And so in every other seat, there's a copy. If you don't have enough, you can get some more uh, when you leave information. Next year's theme will be follow the filling where the spirit leads, I will follow. So in January, starting January 1, you and I will be going through the same devotion every day, confessing the same thing before the Lord, praying for the same things. There's a personal growth plan in this book that I wanna challenge you to try to have completed for January. Also pick a word that'll be your theme for the year. Uh, and those are in the book. And then the last part of the book is a Bible reading plan that jump on it January 1, that we're gonna be reading the same passages together. We're gonna to be believing God for incredible things. So I have been praying for months for you that God would use this book in your life as a transformative tool. Our 21-day fast will begin on January the 7th, and uh, so that'll be coming. Now, two weeks ago, uh, I, we, we had out for you, that was Snowmageddon. Y'all remember the blizzard of 2018? We had these made because of the last series. And so we want to, so on your way out at all the doors at all of our campuses will be these refrigerator magnets. Your house is here, list your neighbors. I spoke to a gentleman last night working out at CrossFit and he said, and I knew that he was new to Faith Promise and he lives in a neighborhood where several Faith Promise people live. And he said, it was amazing watching my neighbors go out and meet their neighbors during that series. Said, they didn't know when faith promised. They came to me and said, hey, we're here for you. Any way we can serve you and help you. 
And so write your neighbors, fill them up, put it on the refrigerator. If your neighbors see this and say, what in the world is my name doing in your refrigerator? You say, that reminds me to pray for you every day. And nobody's going to say, well, how dare you? They're going to say, wow, man, that means a ton. Thank you so much. So put that on your refrigerator uh, and, and use that and let your light shine. Let your light shine so much that you, in your neighborhood and include your neighbors even before you invite them. By the way, thank you for inviting your neighbors to Christmas Spectacular. 10,500 people last weekend. It was an incredible weekend. Lots of folks gave their heart to Jesus. It was, I got so many emails and, and just messages about what God did and people that were saved. It was incredible, man. I'm so grateful for how you guys are, are just are, are trying to be the light, salt in the light. So I'm grateful. In, it really is going to set us up for 2019 being the greatest year ever. What I'll do in the next few minutes is prepare us as we get ready to gather around the table of the Lord. We have one more worship experience next weekend. And so we wanted to finish the year with candlelight, singing some incredible Christmas songs and hymns, and, and then we're gonna gather around the table of the Lord and worship a little more. And the reason I wanna prepare us for the table of the Lord is because the scripture is very clear, if you're listening, say I am, that this is a sacred moment when we take the body and the blood, when we take that cracker that represents the body broken and the blood that was spilled to forgive our sins, it's sacred. Now, here's the deal. If you, listen, give me, give me your undivided attention for about 15 minutes, almost less than 20 minutes. We're going to take a journey, and I believe that God's going to open some eyes. Would you agree that it's easy to lose the sacred in our run, 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 hurry, 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 never slow down culture. We lose Christmas in it. We lose so much because we never slow down. We miss the sacred. One of the reasons is because we are consumed with the natural. We got so much to do and so little time to do it. And we got to run, 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 run. And we miss the sacred. And I want to, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. God said this, come, let us reason together thus says the Lord. So I want you to put your thinking caps on. I want you to open your heart for where you are, where God wants to take you. So I want to ask you a series of questions, then we're going to shape it up. If you're, if you're with me, say I am. All right. Now, in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, there are a lot of things that happen that really the outcome is shocking. Let me give you some. David is bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. It is on a cart pulled by two donkeys, I mean, pulled by two oxen. The oxen stumble, the cart is tipped, and Uzzah reaches out just, just instinctively, reflectively, and keeps the Ark of the Covenant from falling on the ground. And as he does, the glory of the Lord comes out and strikes him dead. That seemed a bit harsh. Maybe like the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And then think of King Saul. King Saul is preparing for a battle for the Philistines, and everybody is afraid, and Saul is supposed to come and do the sacrifice, ask for God's favor, but seven days have come and gone, and Saul has not shown up. But the time for the evening offering, the sacrifice comes, and the, and the soldiers are going, A-W-O-L. They're, just, they're booking, they're booking, they're booking. So finally Saul 
get, Saul does the sacrifice. About the time he's finished, Samuel walks up behind him and said, what have you done? Well, you didn't come. I didn't know what I should sacrifice. Because of this, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to someone else. He was removed as the king. Now, he, 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 he kept the position for a while, but he was removed that day in God's sight because he offered the sacrifice. Wow. Now, Moses has gone to Egypt, rescued the children of Israel. He's led them through the wilderness. Man, he's put up with stuff, and they, they want water. So God says, speak to the rock, and water will come out. Moses, on his way, gets mad at the people, and instead of speaking to the rock, he hits it with his stick. Water flows out, the people drink, and Moses goes to the tabernacle to meet with God, and God says, hey, what did I say? You ever said that to your kids? What did I tell you? I told you to speak, you struck the rock. Because of that, you will not go to the promised land. I'll show it to you, but you're not going. Because he hit the rock. Wow. What about Ananias and Sapphira? They sell a piece of property. They bring the money in separately. They come two different ways, but they, they, times they come in and they say, Peter, here, we sold a piece of property and here's the money. And Peter, to make sure, said, is that the total sale? Because they could have done whatever they wanted to with it. They said, yes, that's all we sold the property for. Peter said, why would you lie to the Holy Spirit? And God strikes them both dead. Three hours from each other, but God strikes them both dead. Paul writes a letter to the Corinthian church and said, hey, listen, guys, some of you are sick and some of you are dead because you have not taken the Lord's Supper in an, you've taken it in an unworthy manner. You haven't judged the body. Now, think of all those instances. Listen, have you ever exaggerated a little bit? Have you ever disobeyed? Why does the crime, the punishment, not seem to fit the crime? And I think it's this, maybe we don't fully comprehend what sacred means to God. This is an incredible thought. See, we live in a world that is anthropomorphic, man-centered. We believe that man is the center of the universe and all power, ultimate authority belongs with us. So we see ourselves as the center. So when things don't go right, we say, it's not fair, I have my rights, I can't believe, I can't believe this happened to me. When, think about this, who we are is not more important than who God is. Does that, does that make sense? So what about God's right? What about God's words? I love what Francis Chan, in dealing with some of these stories I've just shared with you, these biblical illustrations reveal something of greater value than our existence and our rights. There is something that usurps us, that's higher than us, that's above us. So God said, make the ark, it is sacred, it is where my glory will dwell. If you touch it, the glory will come out and strike you dead. He did exactly what he said. His command to Moses was, speak to the rock. God is serious about his word. Are you with me? He's serious about it. The Ananias and Sapphira, they lied. They grieved the Holy Spirit. They lied in the house of God. The, the Corinthian church, they gathered around the communion table, and they did not think about Jesus. They thought about themselves, and, and they didn't judge the body. 
We, we think about the sacred church of the living God. So you can't simply rush into the sacred. Does this make sense? You gotta proceed with care and proceed with caution. Because things like a holy communion and the holy church, they're uncommon. They are sacred in the sight of God. Jesus, how should we pray? Pray this way. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not my will, but your will be done. To you be the glory and honor and praise, both now and forever. Even in that short prayer, Jesus is saying, we exalt God. Our finite minds cannot grasp the infinite God. Hallowed be the magnificent name of this holy God that we serve. Now, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you were awed, stunned that you get to be a part of the church of the living God? See, we don't come to church just with this great anticipation of corporate worship that God is going to be in his house. If we did, we wouldn't show up late. Come on, are you with me? We'd be lined up the door an hour early to want to get a good seat like you would at a concert. Man, we, we would be this great anticipation. See, the problem is we have lost the sacredness of the church until what the church is is an event that I go to a few times a month and I become a movie critic of the church. So did I like the experience or not? Not was God there, not did the court, was the, not, not I'm stunned in the presence of God. No, ah, it's all right this week. Ah, ah. See, we've lost the holy sacredness of God. Does this make sense? Are you with me? As we prepare our hearts for the table, we need that sense of awe. Paul said in Ephesians 5, chapter 5, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the what? Christ nourishes and cherishes the church. He loves the church. We criticize and condemn the church. Jesus loves the church because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined together with his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's an illustration Paul is using. This mystery is great. The church, Jesus and his church, like, a, like a, a husband and his wife. But I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. God is, man, Jesus looks with longing love for the church. Does that make sense? We need to see it with the sacredness that God does. First Timothy, Paul said this, speaking about God, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, who no man has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion forever and ever, amen. Paul said, we have this mysterium tremendum, this immense, this, this awesome, amazing God, and he has built a church, and it is incredible. Let's look back to the Old Testament where a day where the glory of God fell because today the glory of God resides in us and in God's church. Now when Solomon had finished praying, 
Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down to the pavement with their faces to the ground and cried out. They worshiped and gave praise to the Lord, saying, truly, he is good. Truly, his loving kindness is everlasting. Their response to God's glory was awe, was just falling down on their faces of worshiping God. The seraphim and the cherubim, the, 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 the creatures around the throne, every time they lift up and see God on the throne, they fall down again and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I believe we need to get back the sacredness that is the God of the house and the house of God. Does this make sense? Imagine being there with the Shekinah glory falling and the priest running out of the temple and all that anybody could do was worship. They couldn't, they couldn't do what was going on because the glory of the Lord had fallen. Where's God's glory today? It's right here. Ephesians chapter 2. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. You're no longer estranged from God. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. This is a big deal. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the very cornerstone. And in the whole building being fitted together, the body, us, living stones, growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. That is the body of God. He comes to dwell in us. We are living stones. We come together to make a body, the body of Christ, and the glory of God and the power of God dwells in us, and God wants to flow through us, but when we lose the sacred, when we are distracted by the secular, when we miss all that God wants to do, we miss God's glory. See, this isn't a mystery to solve. It is a glory to bask in because it doesn't bother God that he doesn't tell us everything. But we, we come from the Greek background. We're always seeking after more knowledge and more understanding. And God sometimes has said, I'm not going to tell you. That doesn't bother God. That's a part of the journey of faith. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians, do you not know? Are you not aware that you are you? Who's he talking to? Me, you are a temple, are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you. If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God's is holy, and that is what you are. You're holy, set apart, sacred people for God in God's sacred church. Somebody ask you, how are you treating the body of God? Are you faithful? Are you bringing your gifts and your talents? Are you, are you coming with anticipation of meeting God? Be still and know that I am God. See, in our 21st century America, too often, many of us rush and don't connect and experience the sacred because we never slow down enough. So think about this. Anybody sin today? By yesterday. About last week. Well, pastor, I mean, Jesus died for my sins. It's just no big deal. It's a big deal. 
when we just accept sin. Because God said, be holy for I am holy. Jesus came on Christmas so that on Good Friday he could bleed out and die to pay the penalty for our sins. See, too many of us have tried to join a religion instead of following the one who died for us and rose from the grave. Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you got to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me daily. And we've, it, it, he made the gospel simple, but we've made it cheap. Does that make sense? And so maybe you grew up in church, and maybe you've been around for a while, but man, Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Because if Jesus was the Lord of your life, there'd be some fruit. Is that okay? I love you. Now, I'm, I'm not mad at anybody. But in fact, we're about to gather on the table of the Lord and worship some more. But we need to prepare our hearts. And for some of us, we need to, we need to say, you know what? I'm going to quit walking this way. This is what salvation is. It's not a prayer we pray. It's not a prayer we pray. We're walking this way, doing our own thing, and we decide to repent to turn around and follow Jesus, Master and Lord, saying, I don't have any rights anymore. I'm, I'm not my own, I'm bought with a price. Therefore, I'm gonna glorify God in my mortal body. Know you not that you are the temple and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, sacred. If you're ready to step into some of that sacredness, if you're ready to say, okay, I've tried the world long enough, it's just lies, it doesn't fulfill. You're ready, to, you're ready to turn to Jesus, then we're going to play a simple yet profound confessional prayer. So at every campus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to pray this prayer with you aloud. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know we're separated. Forgive me. Come into my heart. I confess you as Lord, as my master and my ruler. You died for me. You rose from the grave. Now I will follow you fully the rest of my days. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. it's good to be in the presence of God with the people of God. As we get ready, just a minute, you're going to make your way. There's Lord's Supper table's behind, about half will go back, half will go forward. As we get ready, take just a second, search me, oh God, to know me and try me and sit there, be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Prepare your heart. And, and, and then just come down, take a cracker, a little juice, go back, sit in your seat, and this is the deal. Say, Jesus, thank you for your body. I'm gonna eat it. Thank you for your blood that forgives me of sins, I'm gonna drink it. And then just sit there for a minute and bask in the scandalous grace that paid for your sins and open the door of heaven. God, would you move by the power of the Holy Spirit? God, you've opened some eyes, we're grateful. Now as we gather around this table, we proclaim your death until you come and we are hyper grateful. None of us deserves to come and take these elements. But you that knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in you. So we ask you to move 
in this holy moment powerfully. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, let's stand. And then when you're ready, make your way and then head back to your seat. We're going to worship just a little more.